Hello, RSL Nation. Welcome back to another podcast episode with your boys, Adele and the Baker. What's up, RSL Nation? How you doing, Baker? Um, it's tough answering that after a tie. You know, good, not great. For the sake of setting setting the 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 platform here, so everyone knows what we're talking about, we just finished watching our Real Salt Lake get the one point with a one-one result at Sporting Kansas City. It's good. good. Now we're now we're on the same on the same page. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that game. What, what are your thoughts? Initial thoughts on that game? I mean, came out looking, I think, pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, it, it clearly wasn't going to be a bunker situation or you know sitting tight and you know hoping for a nil nil draw. Like RSL came out to play. It was a uh, it was an overall good good performance. I had my Fears, doubts, and worries. I think, like most RSL fans, when I saw that lineup, um, you know, that didn't. That was puzzling, wasn't it? It was. It was puzzling and worrisome. <laughs> that was before we knew what happened with uh, right. Rushnack. Right. It was before all the Rushnak news became officially public. Um, and and you know, don't get me wrong. Whenever I see Rushnak not starting and I see him on the bench, that's I'll, that definitely doesn't go unnoticed. But it was also other pieces. It was. You know, uh, bringing in um, the Beasler, the better Beasler brother, in my opinion, as our CB instead of Marcelo Silva, so clearly an injury there. Uh, Nedim, our new center back signing on the bench. It was just an overall. It was kind. Of, it seemed like a very confusing starting eleven that had me worried. So you know, post ninety minutes, it was good to see us get the a result. It was it was weird seeing us take the lead. I I don't agree with that. We kind of came out and went for it. I thought we played for the counter, which would, I guess, be why um, Corey was playing up front. I thought Corey did pretty well. That he took that goal extremely well. I think I remember turning to you and saying, "I don't think he would have finished this earlier this year," right? Because I, I, I think he would have panicked in, in that situation. Put it away real nicely. I thought even the one the way he hit the uh, crossbar or the yeah the crossbar. That was a well-taken shot. Absolutely. It a skill it's, shot. It's, you know, you've got arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the MLS charging at you, making himself as big as possible. You're under a lot of pressure. Adrenaline's pumping. You know, there's something to be said for it is your job to be able to do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, that, you know, I'm I'm the first one to criticize that that young man on his finishing. And, yes, you and, are and pointed out whenever he is not able to finish. I don't think that was just – I mean, obviously he didn't finish that, but that was just a little bad luck. That was a, about as good as you can take that shot and, you know, not make it. Yeah, it's a big feel. It's a big goal. He was probably an inch away. Right. Overall, I thought that was a decent performance for most of the game. I thought the boys showed, showed character. I don't know if getting one point versus zero points in this scenario would have made a huge difference. Um except for the fact, or that's what I thought until I remembered last year, we missed the playoffs by literally one point. Yeah. And these are the kinds of games where we, um, I think even late last year, would have opened up and got, went for it. Right. And might not have gotten it. Uh, speaking of performers in this game, uh, man, how about some uh, old school classic Nick Romando? Yeah. I mean, the it, it felt like it was... Uh... 2013 or 2012 all over again. Um, guy puts his body on the line for the club, and that's awesome to see. Um, 
you know, he, I think he doesn't do what he did there. I, he puts his face on the foot of some other guy's cleat. Uh, that's the bottom of it. Of that's at place. least a shot on goal. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a guy that puts his body on the line week in, week out for the club, and it was it was amazing to see. Yeah, you know my opinion. I think uh, Nick Romando man of the match. Someone else took it in your book? Yes. I got to give it to uh, another uh, veteran who had a, what I consider a very classic performance, and that, that's our boy Kyle Beckerman. Um, Seems to be the only player out there who remembers how much we hate these guys. Yeah, it's it's you could tell that I don't care what he says in the interviews – you know, leading up to this game, it clearly means something more to him than, uh, you know, just a regular game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he was breaking up attacks. He, his passing could have been maybe a little cleaner, if I'm going to be totally honest. But I, I think the stuff he was doing off of the ball, the the mental game or the mental side of the game um, of just getting in players' heads and just being kind of a thorn in their side and, you know, uh, drawing fouls, it's, it's he was doing all of the kind of dirty, dirty work that a defensive midfielder needs to do, especially in a game like an RSL-SKC match. I would have loved to see when Gutierrez stepped up to him in the second half and Gutierrez finally got the yellow card. I think I said this to you as well. We should just record this podcast in bits through the game, by the way. <laughs> I think I turned to you and said, I would love to have seen that little uh, kid walk up to uh, Kyle that way, like outside of the soccer field. Right, when there isn't, you know... Cameras and people and, and and people to hold you back. Something resembling the law. <laughs> something <laughs> resembling the law. Exactly. Um, I you know this thought just kind of crossed crossed my mind, but uh, we obviously need to replace Beckerman sooner rather than later for mm-hmm. all of his on field ability. Right. But I also think it's matches like this one that we definitely don't have a replacement. Um, yeah. The guy that's going to get fired up and take it personally. Yeah, um, without know, the, conceding a yellow card. Right, right. The to quote unquote be the heartbeat of the team. Yeah, um, it's an important role. Absolutely. Um, so let's go. Let's go uh, a little bit down the down the line here. Um, in the past, we have complained about finishing a lot. We have. I don't think we complain about finishing today, simply because there wasn't a whole lot to finish. Yeah, I think um, the the service left something to be desired. I think, you know, the, the attacking midfield wasn't as creative uh, as it normally has been. I think our wings were, were getting a little frustrated. And I think the biggest problem was our passing was garbage for most of that match. Um, at least the second half. It, not very clean. Not clean passing. I know you read the stats off uh, earlier before we uh, recorded this podcast, but I think you said somewhere around like 70%, 79% the accuracy. It, it, it's kind of low. Um, and I think some of those key passes was, was where it was really falling apart. Yeah. I think that's where the statistics break apart and they become pointless because it's not just a, uh, it's not just the percentage of accurate passes. It's the quality and where on the field, it, it's much different. But Kyle Breckman misplaces the pass than if, you know, a Severino misplaces the pass. I have one guy to call out, and I've been calling him out all game, and finally got taken out, which is Plata. All right, so I thought he hustled pretty decently, pretty well. But he was so frustrating to me that he does not just beeline it to goal once in a while. He hasn't done that once today. Right. I, I think he attempted one shot that would look like a shot at one point, but that was the worst opportunity he had. There was a, plenty of opportunities where he got the ball, mostly on the left-hand side, and he had – open lane, but by open lane, I mean there was a defender in front of him, but what defender is going to keep up with Plata? 
just beeline it, kick the ball up, go after it. Haven't seen that from him, I think, this year much. Mm. In years past, I, I remember him doing that a whole lot more. And even top of the 18, there were a couple of opportunities. We had the ball on the left-hand side of the top of the 18, and he tried to go to the middle instead of just cutting it and going to goal. Is he not utilizing his skill set? And part B of that, we have to remember that there's a very good replacement on the bench for him uh, who will come in at any moment, Bolfo, obviously, right? and who can do a banged-up job uh, at least for a good 15, 20, 30 minutes in any given, any given game. What are your thoughts on uh, on Plata? Am I being unfairly harsh? I mean, I I, I think uh, both Plata and Salarino need to be called out a little bit. And I don't know if it's necessarily a lack of ability or willingness on their part, or if it's that's what they were told to do by the coaching staff. I would imagine that if we are going to set up for the counter, which I assume we would, the way we lined up, for sure, and and given. Given how high up SKC likes to play their wings, especially uh, Zuzi, I would think that, you know, I, I honestly thought Plata was going to have at least a goal or two today. Um, at least a shot or two. Right. It, it's I on the counter, we need to be faster. And, and there's almost this hesitation to unleash our fastest players along those sides. And I don't know why it is. Um it's they're almost running in diagonally instead of just running straight down the field, which is yeah what I would like to see. Um, I, I don't think if I don't know if it's Plata specifically that deserves to be called out or RSL overall as a team. I think not having Rushnak on the field in the first forty-five definitely contributed that. For what it's worth, I would have pulled Plata and put in Bofo a lot sooner um, than when Plata ended up being pulled out. I don't think um, Hefferson and Plata in the same category in this game. I thought Severino at least tried. He had a couple of shots, attempted shots. He crossed in. He had that nice assist. He would have had a second assist had Corey Baird not hit the crossbar. Right. Um, I thought. I thought he tried. He he was aggressive. Um, I'm just. I'm looking for a little more aggressiveness from Plata with that kind of speed. And quickness, that's the difference. He's got speed and quickness. So he's really fast at top speed, but he can also turn really quickly and go. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure that there are a lot of people who can keep up with him. Almost seemed like he was a little too passive today. I'm not sure if there's something larger. I hope it's not a matter of fact that he's mad that he doesn't have the contract now. Speaking of, that's so shocking it. news. Um, we look up the lineup. And there's no Albert Rushniak on it. No, no Al. So a couple of things. We're obviously getting to that in just a second. Mm -hmm. But every time something like this happens, I'm always reminded how little media the team gets. How did we not know that Rushniak didn't travel with the team on, what was it, Thursday? Something like that, yeah. How, how do we not know that? If the Utah Jazz are traveling somewhere and Donovan Mitchell is not on the plane with the team, before the plane takes off, it's all over social media. I get it. Slightly larger organization, a little bit more money in there. But don't we have them better than porters? Don't reporters? Don't we have people whose job it is? I think they call them beat writers, right? Who should have? How did we not know? I, I get, I get, right? This organization historically, and I think for good reasons, keeps plays these kinds of things very close to the chest. Correct. RSL is very secretive, and I think that's good, right? Right. Limited so resources, you can't show your hands. So you don't know. You don't know that that he's um, I'm not going to start ahead of the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't know that 
Um, he's got a new contract. Well, we knew he had a contract in the works because of his statements to the media. Right. But we, you know, you don't know that it's close to getting done. But how do you not know that he's not on the plane with the team? Right. So I think it's twofold. I think the primary news source uh, for the MLS, for Major League Soccer, is within Major League Soccer. So the same people who are creating the product on the field are also the ones that are primarily responsible for the news side. Which of, is a damn shame. Which it is. And we've, we've talked about that before. Um, uh, you know, just the integrity of, of press. And we understand that it's sports journalism and, you know, we're not out here breaking the Watergate scandal by any stretch of the imagination. But there is something to be said for, you know, having those independent beat writers, you know, I prefer the Tribune myself, but that's neither here nor there. Um, getting into into the nitty gritty, and I think it's just a lack of resources. Realistically, I think some of the best quote unquote reporting, analysis, and news come from, you know, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but blog sites like ours and and, and other people who do it as a labor of love and aren't looking to collect a giant check. Right, but we're looking to them for for the information, <laughs> for Absol the actual information. Absolutely, that get paid for. It, it, it's. You know, if I am Petke and Rushnak isn't traveling with the team and there's a chance he's not playing, there is no way I'm letting that out. Right. You know, I, I get that secretiveness. Right. But, um, and, and in this case, you know, it might have been for the better. Uh, but I think it does indicate a larger problem when it comes to Major League Soccer. Yeah. Of, of just a lack of good press. Just the press in general, just resources, right. like you said. All right, uh, let's get to that contract real quick. Real quick, mm -hmm. not a lot of uh, information out there. Other than it's supposed to be uh, to, uh, the the biggest contract in RSL history, right? Uh, which will make him the highest paid player in RSL history, roughly around two million dollars per year, and it's supposed to be a multi year deal, right? Finally, yeah, it's it's um, you know good to get that saga resolved, as it were. Uh, I think the kid deserves it. Obviously, I, you know he is our best player. I think the contract, the the tweet that talks about it at least is, uh, you know, it makes it somewhere around the two million dollar mark or close to is what people were saying. And and I think it's good to you know at least have him locked in for for a little little while longer. Um, so you think you agree with me? It's deserved two million dollars. It's not some crazy. Uh, Jovinko money and he's worth the, the money and, and if it's a multi-year deal that means the team can build around him. Right. It, it's he's you know clearly clearly there are plans for Rushnak past just this year, which is great to see. And I think it also allows Real Salt Lake to somewhat protect their investment. Yes. It's do I necessarily think that Rushnak is going to be here one or two or three years down the line? Probably not. Am I you know, my stance with Rushnak has always been you will outgrow this club in this market, which I am fine with. Either a ideally a two things happen. Between now and selling date, we have racked up some silverware somewhere. Uh, uh open cup, a supporter shield, a championship, I don't really care what. And then B, when you do decide to leave, we get paid. We get paid enough money to go and find your replacement. Um and and I think this kind of deal allows that. Disagree with you completely. I don't think he's leaving with this deal. I don't think he can go overseas and make any more money than he's making here. Um, um, right now. I think even, look, man, you look at some of those deals, 
sure some of those deals are ridiculously stupidly highly paid deals mm -hmm. but the player doesn't get all that much money right i was looking at uh i can't remember what it was but it was like the juventus lineup this was before ronaldo and some of the top players were making five six million right um i don't think albert rushnak will be anytime soon a top player at juventus um unless he ever wants to leave simply for the sake of leaving and playing in a larger club in europe right he has already played in europe right sure he's, um he's... i i don't think he's making a jump from real salt lake as much as i love us uh to arsenal anytime soon no but you so know why would he go from you know uh a real salt lake was making a couple of million dollars a year to say uh fj cone for no apparent reasons um where he's gonna make roughly the same if not less because it's europe it's you know we see but i think he's been there and he's done that right i don't think he's been there and he's done that at the level that you know we think it, it, it's he was with the city academy right and then I'm he counting the academy right it, it, it's it, it it was never a one of the you know big league exposures like he you know he, he played in the top five i forget where uh, it was holland i think some yeah it, it's and no disrespect to you know that league but it, it isn't the apl it isn't the bundesliga it isn't syria it, it, you know yeah. i i think eventually he is going to want to go play in one of the bigger european markets and i think he you know really, i don't think he'll have to take a pay cut but i think he's prepared to take a pay cut see yeah we'll see what happens i hope you're wrong um depending obviously how he plays out long term we haven't had all the greatest of luck with big contracts yeah for all, we, for all we know his dog gets cancer <laughs> um but I, I I'm starting to think that right around the two to three million dollars a year mark, mm -hmm. and we don't know these details, right? We know it's going to be the highest paid, but it maybe it's one of those contracts that gets bigger over over time, right? Right. Um, I do think that once a player gets to that two three million dollar mark, he's a uh, he's a lot safer to stay. He won't make more money elsewhere, more likely than not. Um, and it's just a matter of whether they want to. Right, uh, Michael Bradley came from Roma. He played for Roma. Well, got a lot. Players. Well, he played decent. He played a lot more than, let's say, Albert Rushnag will play at Roma right now. Okay. Um, having said that, Michael Bradley was competing with Pjanic for that position. Uh, now Juventus, um, number ten, not literally, but the number ten. So he came over to to the U.S. to MLS, made something like three times more money. Right. 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 So there's that. Paper. I really think like somewhere between two to three million dollars is the sweet spot. And then you're not you're not going any you're not uh, uh, you're not you're not in da at danger of leaving right unless you just want to experience it now uh, here's what's going to happen probably by Tuesday when we're recording our next podcast mm -hmm. there'll be a lot more information out probably we'll probably get in there and break this thing apart yeah uh, and one other thing that we're going to skip um, I wanted to ask you because we had a nice little debate about who's the most skilled player in RSL history right we might have a whole debate night on this one of these nights. I mean, so I, we won't touch that. But let's get real quick, and this is going to be quick because we'll spend Tuesday talking about this. Um, the next three games, mm -hmm. twice Portland, home and away, right? And New England um, standings right now, we're are in, we're back in fifth, right? We're in sixth. Oh, I we think are officially. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are in sixth. Sixth with forty six points, two points above LA Galaxy with same number of games played. Uh, the Portland Timbers have two points more than we do uh, with the same number of games. How are you feeling? Honestly, it's I'm gonna stop. I think just predicting stuff. 
<laughs> we were wrong a lot. We were we were wrong a lot. I was wrong less. You were wrong less, but still a healthy amount. Um, I remember beating LA and thinking, okay, there's a giant gap between us and them now. This and thing of the past, like it, it, they were close, but never close enough that I was aware of them. Uh-huh. Um, that obviously has changed. It, and who told you two weeks ago that uh, that he's buying the LA Galaxy stock? You bought LA Galaxy stock, and they're gonna do well. You you did before before they started doing well. As uh, let them turn it on, they kind of figured out that defense a little, uh, and I think that's the big thing that turned them around. It's they're not bleeding goals. Uh-huh. Um, it's yeah. I think they could be dangerous. I'm hoping that you know the level of their competition. I think is going to rise in the next little bit. I think they're facing SKC next. That's it. That's the only tough game. Um, I think they drop points there, and I think realistically RSL is still in a great position to be masters of their own fate regarding that. You know whether or not they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to obviously pull up the old podcast because I don't have the notes anymore. But um, I'm pretty sure we are doing. We both projected RSL to be in sixth mm-hmm. at the end of that week and a half span. Uh, right, at the end of the month. Yes. Um, and we both, so we're both correct in that regard. Right. Um, I was a little more bullish on the, diff, the, the, the space between us and the seventh place. I think it was at four points. Uh, you were a little bit less than that. It's actually two. But I know for a fact that we both thought we'd be further away from the th- Fifth, fourth, and third places. Yeah, I think uh, you had us like eight points behind. Uh, who was Portland? I, I think it was. Had. I think it was five behind Portland or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely thought. I didn't think Portland would continue to be as bad as they are, uh, which is great news for us. They recently managed to get a tie. I think realistically, if there's a club there that we are going to pass, or you know, is going to be the sacrificial lamb. Uh-huh. For what it's worth, I think all the teams that are above the playoff line continue to be above the playoff line. Um, but if there is a team to fall that isn't RSL, I think it'll be Portland. I, I think given LA's recent form and given Portland's recent form, Portland could very easily see themselves out of the playoffs this year. Yeah, agreed. That being said, everything I just said also applies to Real Salt Lake. And LA Galaxy. Yeah, and, and but I mean the LA Galaxy obviously isn't above the playoff line at the moment, right? But yes, something's got to give is what you're saying, right? This is the beauty of this league. This is why I hope we never. Every time an MLS team plays an international game against the Mexican teams, usually there's always this debate about we need to increase salary caps and make it unlimited salary caps and all this. I hope we never do. I hope we always maintain this kind of level playing field where anyone can beat anyone at any given time, right? And it's obvious that teams like Toronto FC, maybe not this year, but Toronto FC, LAFC, Atlanta, us for years, Dallas for years. Hell, we just played the the, the absolutely poster children of this, uh, Kansas City, who managed to make it work and make the league interesting forever. So right. nothing, nothing matters. Nothing counts from week to week, it seems. Um, anyways, let's get over that real quick. Uh, Portland, next week. Next Two week. important notes. Two, two huge notes. Um, Adanella. So obviously you would never wish wish injury on somebody, but I'm also not going to sit here and pretend, you know, that I don't see the benefit to my team of uh, Adanella hurting his shoulder against the FC Dallas in their last game, which was a nil-nil draw. A very defense-heavy game. Um, Adanella uh, came back and played, I want to say, somewhere around 85 to 87 minutes. 
um, and ended up be having to be subbed out off because of a, a shoulder injury that looks like will take him out for the season. I think it was a dislocated shoulder. A dislocated shoulder is, I, I think I would remember reading. Um, and I do remember people talking about him being Oh, you, did, you not, did you not see him? Them well, try I to saw fix him, him all, all bandaged up. Yeah, right? but before that, they were trying to, I mean, there was literally two dudes just pulling on his shoulder <laughs> to, to pop out. <laughs> I imagine that was more harm than good, I yeah. think, if we're going to be honest. Um, you know, obviously, as far as former Real Salt Lake backup goalies go, Atanella is my favorite. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend I have some allegiance to him because he wore an Arsenal jersey at one point if – that was the case. I wouldn't be able to root against half the teams in the. In the league. He is the enemy now, and right. we are well, probably just like Rushnak's situation. We'll probably know a lot more mm. by Tuesday about right. his situation. I do wish him a, a, a full recovery. I want him to be at 100 percent health, but I would be lying if I said I wanted to be speedy. Well, and that's a compliment. Absolutely, absolutely. I I know that their uh, other goalie is worse than him. It must be um, my definition, right? <laughs> and uh, the second pair of news. Uh, which hasn't been, you know, it was the red card to uh, Ridgewell. Ridgewell, Liam Ridgewell, uh, you know, a, a key Portland player in my opinion. Um, for what it's worth, I think it was it was kind of a kick out. That being said, a relatively softish red card. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Portland, you know, trying to do a formal appeal, but I would be shocked if it got overturned, which probably means it'll be overturned. But for the time being, um, you know, uh, the Portland will be coming to the Rio to Rio Tinto, somewhat depleted, um, and and hopefully we can. Uh, you're getting out of the projection game, is what you're saying. I'm getting out of the projection game. Projection game, but I'm saying if I was going to do projections, these are two huge factors I would consider. Absolutely, is Portland Absolutely. coming in week? Hey, man, just like it was called for quite a while, those two of those last three Portland games are gonna make it or break it for us. Interesting thing, and we won't go into the detail here. It, the, the two, the two, there's a game sandwiched between those two games against New England at home. Yep, that totally has the makeup of a of a trap game. So, oh, absolutely. I, I hope uh, the boys don't fall for it. Right. It's it should be three points against an Eastern Conference rival at yeah. home that you know boost our position a little, ideally. All right, let's wrap it up. So overall, one point in Kansas City, not ideal but better than zero points, not just for the points, but also for the sake, for the sake that it boosts morale. Uh, and we came out better than we anticipated at the end of these two weeks with Absolutely. those two huge away games. Absolutely. All right, so as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, follow the podcast uh, on all your favorite outlets. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll talk to y'all soon.